we've talked a lot about me over the past two episodes. I'd like to talk a bit about you. Is that okay? I'd like to talk about me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, why not? All so, right. Well, I, more, more so, this, I'll be the interviewer in this one, and you can, you can just sit back and be in the hot seat. I'm in the hot seat. I love it. You um, published a book recently called A Cougar's Guide to Getting Your Ass Back Out There. Yeah. Who is the intended audience? The intended audience is actually women. Uh, Women who have suffered a loss either through a divorce or through a death. In my case, it was a death. Um, But, you know, women who needed to go back out into the world and recreate themselves. But also... I think anybody can benefit. I've, a lot of men have read the book and have found that it's been helpful to, for them as well. But the, tended, read, uh, the what, what did you think? I read the book. I thought, it, I th- well, it's interesting because you have two parts of the book. Yes. So the first part is all about you and your story. Yes. And it's autobiographical. How you, came to, how you came to be the cougar that you are today. Yes. Which you, and which you have redefined as? Confident, older, unique, genuine, assertive, and racy woman. That's correct. Okay. And the second part of the book. Let me like, can I just hit the, the reason I changed. Okay. First of all, let's just talk about the word cougar. I couldn't think of another word that described the kind of person that I am um, or I've become. And so the closest thing I could come to is the word cougar because of the confidence of an older woman who um, is not afraid to express herself sexually and it doesn't necessarily mean the prowling kind of cougar that, it, you know, that society thinks of. So I kind of like want to redefine that word. So I couldn't, th- I mean, come up with another word and I would use it. But, you know, a single, older, confident lady, I mean, it, it's just, you know. I think it was also that, you know, people were calling you a cougar because you were going out with the younger man. Yeah, that, that, that's true. But even So you're be- kind of reappropriating the word. Yeah, and also, I mean, I'd go anywhere, and young guys at a basketball game outside, oh, there's a cougar. So I don't know what it was that, you know, cougar vibes were coming off of me, but, I mean, it's just... Well, I think what people were, were sensing was that it's a, it's a woman who is above the dating age, the typical dating age, yeah, who, who looks... is giving off vibes that suggest that she's in the dating world again. Or just, you know, dresses more youthful than the typical woman my age or more sexy and more, more sexy than the typical woman my age, I would say. I like to dress sexy. Um, and more, you know, exuding more of that sensuality than the average woman that's uh, over the age of 40. So that, that's, it's a look. It's a look for sure. You know, it's pretty, am- it's pretty amazing that you, you acknowledge that you like to dress sexy and you're not a- afraid to say that. Because no. I think most moms would say, you know what, I'd, I'd rather oh, yeah. not do that in front of my kids. What allows you that freedom? That's to, such to a be good able- question. Such a good question. I just feel like it. there's never an age where you should stop being sexy. Maybe when I'm like 90. But, I mean, my mom was kind of sexy and still is kind of sexy. A lot of the younger guys always like my mom. They, all, I mean, my hilarious. friends always like my guy friends always like. Oh my god, I got a biggest crush on your mother. So Nana, my, your grandma was like the original milf or the original cougar. That and is all, so all, funny. Yeah, and you know, and I think it's just she always kind of like was proud of it. You know, she was kind of like you know, was just walked around and and I love that about her and Aww. I want to be that way too. And I I think being sexual is a part of the human spirit and you lose that side of you and it's really boring 
So I, I, I'll get there one day, unfortunately, but not right now. As a matter of fact, if you look at my little tagline on Skype, it, I didn't even know I wrote this. You're never too old to be sexy. Oh, I was aware when I called you on Skype just now that that was your tagline. So that, but in, <clears throat> you don't give, I mean, did you feel, have you ever had any pushback against you for giving off this image? If Yes. Definitely. Uh, a lot of my friends have like forbid me to wear animal print. Um, oh, really? They're just kidding around. You know what? I, I, I so little, I give so little shits about what people think. And I think you and I were just talking about that the other day, that it's something about when you reach a certain age and you've gone through some cer certain tragedy in your life, in my case, the death of your father, for those of our audience that don't know. Yeah, no one you, knows about this no, yet. No so one knows. So we can fill talk. Them in. I'm going to fill you in that that um, uh, May 16th of 2006, uh, my husband of 24 years was murdered. Someone in his office came in and took a knife and stabbed him and right in front of all the employees. A disgruntled employee did this. And it was a, obviously a humongous shock and tragedy that it affected everyone in, that was in his life, especially his intimate family, me, you, and your, your siblings. And uh, so that tragedy transformed me. That, I mean, I took that tragedy, which was the worst thing that anybody ever could go through, and I made it into something of an opportunity. Yeah. I decided that at that point, life is too short to really give a shit of what people think. And my parents, who were such a huge influence on me, we're getting older, and, and, and they no longer were this, like, authority figure that I was scared of. Um, and I just decided I'm just going to do whatever I want to do and what feels good and right in my gut. And I want people to know about that, and that's why I wrote that book, because I really, really think that everyone has potential and everyone has a purpose on this planet. And I know it's corny or whatever when I'm saying this, but I do believe that I found my purpose. My purpose is to, to inspire and to have fun and to educate people on what it's like to, to, to reach your fullest potential. And Do you think that someone needs to go through a tragedy to get to the point of confidence in trusting their gut that you did? I would hope not. I would hope that reading my book would help and, you know, get, have people not have to go through this, this uh, tragedy to get there. But they always say, like, you know, in terms of artists or actors, that 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 having that 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 pain makes you a different person, and makes you able to pursue your craft more, or to feel more. So I'm not sure. That's a good question, though. Hmm. What hmm. do you think? Well, how has the tragedy affected you? I mean, it's definitely allowed me to take more risks. And but it might be because for a different reason. Like I don't think I would have been able to do this podcast at all uh, if the tragedy did not occur. Not just because Why? you wouldn't be in the situation where that you are, where you are this dating, sex, and relationships expert. You wouldn't be so outspoken if Dad were still alive. Obviously, no. You wouldn't. You would never have entered the dating scene again. No. You know. I was so, always very sexual, and like that was. I think that's almost like in my genes. I, uh, mm. My father's sexual. My grandfather was sexual. We used to get attention mm -hmm. by talking about sexual stuff to my grandfather. I know that sounds weird. But I 
definitely um, would never have been as open and public. And, you know, I, how can you be? I'm lucky that I'm in a relationship with someone who is very supportive and okay with me talking about everything. Uh, yeah. I don't think I could be in a relationship with someone who wasn't uh, as supportive as Steve is. Did you know going into that relationship that this was going to be a requirement or was this just like an added thing? Then it's such another good question. And I want to get back to you too. Uh, did I know that going in? I think I couldn't. Okay, there's a couple of qualifications. I couldn't be involved with a man who wasn't 100% supportive of my relationship with my kids. That, that's like the first and foremost. And mm-hmm. when, my, when your dad died, most important thing was that our, my family remained proud and strong. And hmm. I think right from the very beginning, that was the only thing that really got me through any, everything is that knowing that, you know, I was going to be there for my kids and I was going to make sure that their lives were going to be unbelievable in spite of what happened. And I think that's what your dad would have wanted and anybody would want. But well, as far as... I, yeah, I think people would want that, but it's very challenging to actually do when going through a tragedy like that. It's challenging. And I, re- I remember mm-hmm. when, uh, right after it happened, we all went into your bed, the, uh, me my two siblings and you were all sitting in your bed. Remember we, we held hands and we were like, we made a pact. I got chills. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember it. I'll never forget that. And it's, we very... made a, We made a pact that we were not going to let this negatively impact our lives. Right. Beyond Absolutely. what it already, That's the right. loss will do it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was almost like, I, it was instinctual. Yeah. It was and all, we, and we were all, all on the same us. page. Yeah, yeah. We were all on the same page. We all felt the need to like bond and it just it wasn't even like and your brother was like 11 years old yeah we all realized there was a choice that we had to make at that point right and And it it was immediately when we got home from the hospital that we had what we came to terms and we were like listen we we choose how this affects us right yeah and there's a choice to be made with people that have gone through divorce and and all any kind of tragedy especially the loss of a parent but and 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 Getting on to the question that you, uh, so as far as like, would I be with someone who was not supportive of my choice to be uh, a YouTube artist that's very out there and open about sexuality, etc.? I don't think I could be with someone that was not supportive. There's no way. Did you know when you started getting in the relationship with him that this was going to be the case? That he well, was going to be supportive? That I he, did This not. was going to be so important to you? Were you even doing... No, when the I met YouTube him, channel? I met him eight years ago. So no, I mean, I, there's no way I would have known that he would have. I started the YouTube channel like three, four years ago. So no. it just so happened that you, you, well, you kind of were attracted to someone who is open-minded that would have accepted oh, you, reg- however you, you came. Yeah. And he worked as a bartender at a strip club. I mean, the, he's very, very open about sex. Yeah, and it just so it, it's, it, we're very like compatible. You, I think your open-mindedness is what attracted him and his open mind is what attracted you. It was a mutual respect yeah. for that quality in each other, which is, which is a very important quality of yours. I, it, thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for him and, and his attitude about it because, I, again, if you don't have two people that are supportive of something like that, it's just going to be constant conflict. So that is not a conflict, thank God. Um, well, we have other conflicts, but that's not one of them. So. Do you feel like, is there ever awkwardness around... When you talk about dad or... Again, that's another wonderful question. And he has embraced your father into his life, almost as if he knows him. I think he probably knows the stories better than anybody. Because there was not a day, especially at the initial stages when I first met him, that went by when I didn't bring up a a Gary story to him. 
Uh, he, 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 he probably knows the stories better than anybody. And, and he was never like, you know, this is kind of uncomfortable. He embraced it. He wanted wow. to know, like, what was he like? And what would he have said about this? And sometimes he would use it against me. Like, well, what would Gary have said, you know, if you did this and this and this? Um, he, he almost, it's almost because I was with your father since I was 19. So half of my life I was with your father. He was, a, and it was like a, a part of me, like a huge part of me that, you can't just like extricate that part. Mm. So, and I know other people that have been with widows have said, I can't live with the ghost of your, your deceased spouse. You, you have to live with the ghost because that ghost is actually a, per, a part of who yeah. the surviving person is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, That's pretty wild. You fold it into the relationship. Yeah. I mean, do I talk about him every day like I used to? No, because it's so many years have gone by. Uh, but he was there throughout the trial of the murderer. Uh, he was there, you know, you know, through so many different ups and downs and, and, and all these, you know, things that have happened since the death of your dad. Yeah. So he, you know, he was a big part of it. So, yeah, I think in, in finding a partner that, that is fully supportive is just, it's invaluable. It just, that's something that, that I hope that everybody has. Yeah, you're very lucky. And you, you started, uh, will, you, well, will you describe how you met Steve? Yeah, so I met Steve at a fluke on a leap year, which is pretty funny, uh, kind of ironic, based on, we. I lived in Chicago, he lived in New York, I was at a party, I, it, crazy, crazy story of how we ended up at a, at, a, at a company party for a company he used to work for, and uh, we, I, I went up to him basically because he was in a VIP area where they were giving out free liquor, <laughs> so <laughs> it was kind of an opportunist move on my part. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we started talking and I, I don't think either of us really realized what was going on. And the next thing you know, you know, I, I had to leave, you know, the, I was going out with a group of people and I invited him to come with. And after that, we just like really hit it off. And he was, you know, it was long distance. Luckily he had a connect, a connection with someone who was in the airline industry and was able to fly to Chicago. And I think he flew basically to see Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of the reason but you know we started with the phone calls and the, and the texting and obviously some sexting was going on and it ended up that you know it just developed into this thing until he finally like decided way we can't be apart from each other and he moved here how I many could, years did it take uh we were long distance for four years before he moved here so it was about three years after that that he you know he's been here so yeah we're going on eight years on the leap year if there is a leap year in february otherwise it's the 28th and did you, were you scared at all for him to arrive or were you just excited for him to? The first time we saw each other? Or what do you mean? When he moved here? Yeah. You know what? When he moved here, we didn't know how it was going to work out. So he moved in with a friend of ours. Oh, did, yeah. so did you, did your relationship change when he moved here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very difficult to have a long distance relationship for many reasons, but you don't really know what the other person's doing. You don't know what they're thinking. So there were a lot of challenges with long distance. I've done some videos about that. And having him here made things a lot easier and a lot harder because, you, you know, you, you're adjusting. And another thing is that we were both older and we both had prior relationships and you expect certain patterns of behavior from mm. a partner mm -hmm. um, second time around uh, that, you know, maybe first time around if you never had a relationship like that, you, you wouldn't expect. So in other words... Because we kind of both sat in our ways, we had a lot of work to do. Did you ever feel like you were looking for some quality that Dad had that Steve now doesn't? I, I think both. I think 
un, subconsciously, I found qualities in both that were very similar. They're both big into like risk taking and uh, edginess and uh, kind of macho in some ways. So they have a lot of similarities that when you look at the two of them, they're very different. In other ways, I mean, your father was extremely quiet, soft-spoken man. And as you know, Steve is pretty much the complete <laughs> polar opposite. Yeah. So, and, and in some ways, Steve is very similar to my dad. And, you know, I didn't realize that either. So were you, I, were you, sorry, go on. It's, it's strange. It's just strange things that I've noticed over the years. So were these things that you were looking for in a potential mate, like the things no. that... No. So it wasn't like you were going to try to upgrade what you what you no, had before. No, it was as just... much as I used to goof around with your dad saying I'm going to trade him in for a younger model. No, I did not. But uh, what the I- irony is that um, both of us were not in a place looking for a relationship when we met. We both, oh, wow. uh, both of us were just still, I was still healing. It was only a year and a half after your dad died that I met Steve. And I wasn't looking for a relationship. I was just looking to have fun. I mean, I was really looking just to have companionship and fun at that point, which had been going on for, you know, about a year after, uh, yeah, six months after dad died, I started dating other guys and I wasn't looking for anything. And he certainly wasn't either. So what developed just happened. Both of us were like too attracted to each other to, to ever cut it off, even though oh, it didn't wow. make a lot of sense because there were a lot of obstacles, a huge amount of obstacles to overcome, not just age, mm. but location and everything else. It's hard enough to do long distance, let alone long distance with someone who's quite a few years younger than you. So, Did you, did you ever have doubts that this was the, the guy that you were going to be in a relationship yeah, with absolutely <laughs> absolutely i think any relationship people are going to have doubts it's, it's, if they don't they're really lucky but i think uh you know there's there yeah there's lots of doubts there's never going to be like 100 percent guarantees in life than anything yeah. so. well it's not one of those things where there's like one right answer it seems you know it seems like there could be many right answers and then yeah this happens to be one that is well suited yeah yeah. Yeah. So and back to you then. I mean, unless there's other questions you had about this, but back well, to I was, you. I, I think we were getting to something interesting, actually. Okay. Unless you wanted. No, no, I was. Turn it. We, I didn't want to sw- switch off to when we were asking you about how you felt about the death of your dad. But what, let's keep going with the line of uh, thought about the relationship between Steve and I. Well, I just wanted. Was there? Was it a thing like that was love at first sight, or was yeah. it like? Really, I, I I don't know if it was love at first sight, but it certainly both of us had said um, that it we've never like really had this like chemistry and uh, I mean it was like a a physical attraction and a personality attraction that we both felt from from the very beginning and that was not what happened with your dad and I where your dad and I were like friends for a year before we went any further. So you had personality attraction to dad. Originally. I had personality attraction, but almost like as a friend, not even wow. thinking and then of what him. changed there? Uh, I think he made a he made a bold move. I mean, we were just friends. He is at, he was actually dating very seriously dating somebody else, and then one day we were I was in college obviously, and we were in my room, and all of a sudden he just went and kissed me. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I've been wanting to do this for a long, long time, and I'm like, this is bullshit. You're just, like using me. I didn't know what was going on. He goes. I'll prove it to you. I'll take you out to breakfast the next morning. So literally next morning he came, picked me up, took me out to breakfast. We started having this like, like literally I was like the other woman for like six months. Because he had a girlfriend at the time? Because he had a girlfriend who was very straight laced opposite of me, wanted to go to bed at 10 o'clock at night. And so he literally dropped her off at 10, picked me up at 1030. And, you know, I would spend the night with him or whatever. 
And this would go on for like six months. Were you ever concerned that, oh my God, he is cheating on this girl with me? Yeah, I was. Maybe he's going to cheat on me in the future. Yeah, yeah, I was. That was a concern of yours? Well, not at that time because I was very confident that what we had was so unbelievable and that he was going to see that. And what happened ultimately was that I put all, I said, make a decision, either me or her. And you know what, the, you know what that asshole did? He said, I got to stick with her because she needs me more. Oh, man. And he Were you devastated? Me. Devastated. I, like, was shocked. How could someone want this other person over me, especially <laughs> when I'm way more fun? And, so uh, then how do you, how did, how did you guys come back together? How did we get back together? So after I smoked a carton of cigarettes and uh, went on with my life and met a new guy, and it's all in my book, but I uh, met a different guy completely the opposite of dad, like, you know, came from a small town in southern Illinois, and just, you know, dad was a city guy, and this is this, you know, farm boy. I ended up, we broke up, the, the farm guy and I broke up, nicest guy in the world, still, still communicate with him, but... Um, Dad and I, uh, just he kept calling just to he wanted to invite me out. He said he'd broken up with his girlfriend and he wanted to invite me out to a wedding. And I'm like, you know, screw you. And finally, after I, he begged me, like, just come out with me. And he, like, said, this is how serious I am. And he takes a picture of her and he burns it in a candle at dinner. Oh and I'm God. like, what a dramatic statement. And <laughs> after that, it, that was all she wrote. I mean, from that point on, it was like, you know, we knew we were going to be together forever. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... And uh, literally, I was married at 23. So were there doubts with him? Never. Not, not, I mean, it wasn't, it was like, this is my best friend. It's a uh, different, it's just so different, I think, when you grow together when you're so young and when uh, you've got all this other information and baggage and you're, it's just a completely different ballgame the second time around. Are there, are you looking for different things the second time around? Like, Absolutely. Are, I've done videos about that too. Total difference. Total. First time around, you're looking for a good father for your children, someone who can provide for them, uh, someone who's going to be a companion for you, you know, all these stability type things. It's second time around, you also want them to be fun and sex and all that other stuff. But the second time around, all you really need is that companionship element and that, you know, having a good time. You don't need to have like, I don't, I'm not looking for a father for you guys or to have more children or, you know, obviously you have to be on the same page with that, but. It's a total different ballgame the second time around. Right. You, right. You, you don't need to have someone who your parents would approve of or society approves of. You don't look for someone to put the, in the first, box. The first time around, you are more concerned with how other people perceive your partner. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I haven't been in that situation where I've been um, so concerned about... Any, I, I haven't been serious enough with anyone that I'm concerned about how they fit in with my family and mm -hmm. whatnot. I also, you, you know, you, you asked me earlier how the tragedy has affected me and whether I needed the tragedy in order to, to get to this point of being so yeah. open and honest. And the truth is that it affected me in a weird way because the shame that most people feel when they talk about sex or, or when they talk about any sensitive subjects... They're, most times people are concerned of what their parents are going to think of them. Right. So obviously I'm not concerned what dad is thinking um, because he's not thinking anything right now. Um, I mean, you could say his spirit is yeah. you know, around yeah. us, but I don't think it's in a conscious form like he's making decisions that, right. like, judging, that are judgmental of me. Right. Um, so you assume he approves? 
I assume he approves, and hopefully, and with you, you're clearly open to discussing anything. You're not going to judge me for discussing anything. And hence, then, hence the hence, title of our show. Hence Sex Talk With My Mom. Yeah, so it, re- it really... Um, it opened you up. It, it opened me up and definitely liberated me. Because yeah. before, you know, I, I Dad was a huge role model for me. I thought he was like the funniest guy that I've ever met. I he still do. He pretty much is, yeah. And, you know, I thought he was extremely smart and wise, and I don't, only wanted to impress him. And right. I remember not even wanting to introduce him to one of my girlfriend, like my first girlfriend, basically, because I was so concerned what yeah. he was going to think. And, you know, he would, he had a, a tendency to make fun of me for everything. Yeah. And I was concerned he was going to make fun of me for that. And I don't, I do, couldn't handle it. You know, it's so, funny because I felt the same way when I was introducing people to my father. Really? Yeah. Cause I knew cons- he was going to, cause he was like a jokester and he knew he was going to give a lot of shit to whoever yes. I brought in. Oh, so so you weren't concerned as much that he was going to give you shit for like, oh, look at you liking so and so. That that was the concern I had for. Uh. Not that Dad would make fun of me, but he would he would play with me in that sense where he would tease me, right. be like, "Ooh, what what would this person think of this?" Or yeah, you know, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it, it it you know again you can always there's always a silver lining. So it is a. It's a yeah. I think and I think and I think we brought this up a little bit before that um, people that are raised by one parent have a little mm-hmm. bit more like uh, they take on a more of a different role too. I think that uh, say, you know, some of my friends who have sons, uh, their their sons are more like their friends maybe than their sons some of the time because yeah. Well, look at yeah. I, I would say our relationship has changed yeah. dramatically because of the event as well. Sure. Like we've become much closer, yeah. and maybe that would have happened with with yeah. age anyway, because we've we've always been extremely close. But I, I mean, no, but I've relied on you a lot in uh, helping me with your younger brother. Mm-hmm. I've relied on and, and your older sister, and uh, yeah, I, I think that our relationship is much closer, you know, than it might have not been. Who knows? We don't know, but it is right. definitely close, um, in in large part because there there is nobody else there, so. In that, in that, in that capacity, right, exactly. And I think Steve has never tried to like be that man to you. He's never tried to say, "Oh, I'm going to be your father" or any of that kind of crap. Oh, not at all. No, nah, not at all. Which is good. I think that's yeah. important too. You wouldn't want some guy. To, and there have been friends of mine who've had men come into their lives that have tried to dictate how they should raise their kids, or or you know, say things to their kids that were completely inappropriate and. I think it would be hard for me to be with a man that would be, you know, would like that with you guys. It would be horrible. Right, right. I mean, it would, it's definitely a bizarre relationship that Steve and I have because we're, we're, we're not too far in age from each other. No. Uh, because you went for the younger man. Yes. Um, and also because he's coming in at a time in my life where I'm pretty... You're independent. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm You're pretty independent. Up. Yep. Yeah. So while... There are certain, it, it's not like I need a father there right now for developmental purposes. Right, right, right. It'd be nice to have a father there for, you know, to yeah, I'm shoot sure you, things yeah, off of. But, of course. Yeah, there's not. Uh, not, no. But, I mean, it's, 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 it's a good relationship because you don't have that aspect either. You don't have to worry right, about. Right, right. No, I'm not concerned about him judging me at all. He's not a judgmental person, I think, in general, which is also very nice. Right. Well, this goes yeah. back to the open-minded thing that, that you guys yeah. saw on each other. Right. Then. right, right. Yeah. So, well, this has been a long sex talk with my mom. Sex talk with my mom. Uh, I think it's been great, and maybe we'll just use 
most of the latter part of here. I don't know. What do you think? I think so. Yeah, I think it's been very uh, therapeutic for me to talk to you like this. Good. Good. Thank I'm you. glad. Yeah. So your book is on Amazon and in Barnes and Noble. Yep. And uh, if anybody would like to purchase it, go to Amazon and Barnes and Noble. The link will be somewhere on my website or on uh, thecarolineepoldershow.com. You can purchase the book that way. And uh, if you want to reach either one of us, go check us out on iTunes, Sex Talk with My Mom, and subscribe on iTunes to this Yeah, podcast. we'd love if you can subscribe. We'd love if you tweeted us any of your thoughts. And we questions. We will respond in, in a very short time period. And subject matter, too. I mean, if you have any subjects that you want us to bring up, because we've got some racy, crazy guests coming on our show soon. Yes, and so these are the first three episodes. We're now going to start including more guests on the episodes. Yes, yes so I've got just some, some quick little previews. we got a sugar baby coming on, someone who she also, not only is she a sugar baby, which is someone who has older men pay for anything she wants, basically by, you know, having sex with them or going on dates with them. Um, but we also, she also has recently had vaginoplasty, and she's very excited to talk about that. And we also have a guy who's coming on who is is a, sh what do you call it? Is, is he a toy boy? What's I, he called? No, 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 no. I don't no. know if there's even a, a name for this type of guy, but yeah. he's, he, he is like, uh, a turn, turned on by being, being, being ashamed. Yeah. He, he, there's a couple men that have come forward and, and, and expressed a desire to talk about their lifestyle, which is one of like total humiliation by w older women or women in general so what they like is if a woman would just like like they like to pay for uh, lingerie and and beautiful shoes or whatever the woman wants so that she can be with another man and right and they're right. humiliated this is by be that a wild a wild interview with this yeah. guy and what else do we have we have uh oh, we've got you know other Women that well, uh, let's not let's not yeah. give oh, them all okay, away. Okay, you, okay. you know we, we got we got it. a lot coming up. So keep 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 listening. Subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, and keep spreading the love. I know how much you love when I blow out kisses to kiss, everybody. Kiss the entire audience over there. No, I'm gonna start changing my tune on that. I think I think it's yeah. nice that you're very loving. You know, I'm just very like you know, I just want to spread the love and not the hate. There's just too much hate shit going on. Is that your catchphrase? Spread the love. Yeah, kinda. Well, it's one of mine. Spread the love. Spread the legs, spread the love. It could be everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. Bye-bye.